Good morning from Stanford Christian Church. My name is Pastor Jeremy. Today, as we open God's Word, fall is definitely upon us. It's getting colder outside. The leaves are falling. Less daylight. It can make you feel gloomy. I don't handle the cold weather very well. But there are good things to look forward to, right? The holidays are near. Hunting seasons, fall sports, bonfires, and s'mores are great in the fall. I love a good bonfire, the smell, cooking food on it, uh, sitting around it with other people. There's something just mesmerizing about staring into a flame. My bet is most people have some good memories with campfires or bonfires. They're also a great image for understanding the presence of God in our lives. Tonight, it's going to be cold. If you build a fire and get close to it, you can enjoy its benefits. If you get close to it, you feel its warmth, and you can see by its light. It keeps the bugs and the animals away. You can cook food on it, and there's people around it to fellowship with. However, you can only benefit from the fire if you're near to it. You can hear people talking about it, and you can see it from afar. You can dream about it, but you won't experience its presence until you draw near. Fire is a great help in understanding our need of God's presence. It's an illustration that he uses all throughout the scripture. Just like the fire, seek his presence to experience his goodness. To enjoy his goodness, his salvation, his peace, his healing, you must draw near to him through Jesus. Every day strive for the presence of God. Jesus did all that he did to make a way for you to come to God. He desires to have you near and to do good to you. We continue our sermon series through the life of King David, and and, and we see how David strived for the presence of God. We pick up the story of David in 2 Samuel chapter 6. Saul is killed in battle with the Philistines, and after defeating those who desire the throne for themselves, David is now crowned king of all Israel. He takes Jerusalem as his home, and, and, and the city is proclaimed the city of David. However, something is missing. The Ark of the Covenant is a special item. The Ark is a wooden box covered in gold with an elaborate lid called the Mercy Seat of God. There, he says, he will meet with Israel. It was there on the Ark that the sacrifices were made to atone for the sins of Israel. The Ark of the Covenant represented God's presence because he had said that he would meet with them there. And it was the place where the sins of the people which separated them away from God were made right. It was considered God's throne. So the Ark is currently at a private residence, where it had been since before David was born. But this would not do, because David wanted the presence of God. He wanted it in the predominant city where all the people looked for leadership and support. Our text for today is 2 Samuel chapter 6, starting in verse 1. David again gathered all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. David and all the people with him set out and went from Baal Judah to bring up from there the ark of God, which is called the name of the Lord of hosts who is enthroned on the cherubim. They carried the ark of God on a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. Uzzah and Ahio and Abinadab, the sons of Abinadab, were driving the cart with the ark of God and Ahio went in front of the ark. David and all the house of Israel were dancing before the Lord with all their might, 
with songs and lyres and harps and tambourines and castanets and cymbals. So David and the people, they had got a cart and they began to bring the ark of, to Jerusalem because they desired God's presence. However, a cart is not the way the law prescribes to move the ark. Instead, it was supposed to be carried using poles ran through rings on each side of the ark. And that's important as the story takes a tragic turn. We pick it back up in verse 6. When they came to the threshing floor of Nikon, Uzzah reached out his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it. For the oxen lurched. The anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God struck him there. And he died there beside the ark. Now, David was angry because God had burst forth with an outburst upon Uzzah, so that the place was called Perez Uzzah to this day. David was afraid of the Lord that day. He said, how can the ark of the Lord come into my care? So David was unwilling to take the ark of the Lord into his care in the city of David. Instead, David took it to the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite for three months. The Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. It had always been told to the people that they would die if they touched the ark. Now, that's exactly what happened here. It began to fall. When the young man reached out to steady it, he was struck dead. In many ways, his death is the result of David and other leadership's neglect of God's instruction. David is angry and unwilling to put the ark in his city, and so he takes it to a nearby house and leaves it. Now, I agree this man's death seems senseless and doesn't make sense in some ways. However, we must recognize that God is holy and that we are not, that he is the almighty God of all creation, and transgression against him is deserving of death. It is simply by his mercy that we don't die at the moment we first rebel against him, because that's what we deserve in that moment. It's what is right. Now, the lesson here is that our pursuit of God's presence must be guided by his word. We don't get to make it up on our own, or make up our own way of coming to God. A person can only come to him through faith in the gospel of Jesus. We know and follow him as revealed in his word. If you want to draw near to him, you need the word. You must heed its wisdom and submit to it. With the presence of God dwelling at Obed-Edom, the, the, the Lord blesses the, his household. Listen to me. This is the primary principle I want to teach you today. There is absolute goodness in the presence of God. There is blessing in the presence of the Lord. And Jesus is the only way to the presence of God. He is the presence of God. He, he is God who makes a way. Jesus is the true Ark of the Covenant. Now, the ark was an object created to point us to a future, more complete reality. It's like a sign with a picture of what you're trying to get to that points you down the road to the real thing. The ark taught us about the true presence of God that was to come in Jesus. And, and when we were separated away, he, he lived a sinless life to show us how to live in the presence of God. And he died on the cross to pay for the sins that separated us from the presence of God. And he rose again on the third day to impart to us a new life in the presence of God. Now, I know it almost seems too simple, but this is what it's all about. The whole Bible, our whole faith, all that Jesus came to do, this is what it is all about. God wants you to live in his presence. It's the best way to live. 
It is where you're meant to be. He, he genuinely desires, he has a passion for us to be near to him and to do good to us. And when you're in his presence, he works in you and heals you and makes you who you were meant to be. So everything he did and everything he taught is to get us into the presence of God where he can do good to us. So strive for the presence of God and labor to point others to him as well because we believe that when people go to Jesus, good things happen. He heals addicts and gives peace and grows love and provides joy and heals our relationships and teaches us to serve and delivers self-respect and defeats our sin and breaks through death and soothes our stresses and anxieties. He helps us to see things as they truly are and he satisfies our souls. Don't get caught up on the lesser things. Distracted by idols and chasing after the wind. Don't try to fix people with reasoned arguments and worldly wisdom and rebuking and, and great programs, correction and education. Uh, now I'm not saying these things are worthless. They're good for people, but they can't help with the core problem. They, they help the symptoms. Separation from God is the primary cause of all evil and pain in this world. Whatever you need, whatever you want for other people, you need to point them to Jesus first. In time, David learns this truth. He learns the truth of the goodness in the presence of God. And so rejoicing, he brings the ark of God into Jerusalem. It is a joyous occasion. It says David danced to the Lord with all his might. This is the one true and proper response to the goodness of God's presence. Worship. We pick the story back up in verse 12. It, it was told to King David, the Lord, was the Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of the God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city with Dave, of David with rejoicing. And when those who bore the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed an ox and fat calf. David danced before the Lord with all his might. David was girded with a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of trumpet. Strive for the presence of God. In his word, God gives us many ways to enter his presence through Jesus. We call this spiritual disciplines. Bible reading, prayer, serving, fellowship with other believers, giving, uh, meditation, and communion. The one this story brings out I want us to talk about this morning, worship. We come into the presence of God when we worship him. We meet with him when we worship. When I say worship, the first thing we think of is music and singing praises, and that is absolutely worship. But there are more outlets for worship. Worship is when we when you're filled with love and awe for God and the, to the point that it overflows out of you in some way, it can have many outlets. Now, how many of you think about singing in our worship services as coming into the presence of God to spend time with Him? Our worship is not just about singing songs that we like. It's not really about the music at all. It's about Him. Worship can become an idol when we make it about the music and not about the God we sing to. So think about worship as a prayer of adoration. It's about striving to connect with him and adore him and celebrate his greatness to the universe. Worship is one more opportunity to draw near to God where he will speak to us and work in us and encourage us. He will impart grace and peace and joy to our hearts. So don't just sing songs to fill this room. 
Sing them to your God. Worship is prayer. Seek opportunities to worship. Attend church where worship is saying, put godly music in your daily life and worship with them. And seek out passages of scripture that are worshipful and pray them to God. Daily, make sure you're praying prayers of gratitude. Taking time to give God thanks for his goodness and what he's done to you, what he's given you. Above all, above all, the most common form of worship we see taught and exampled in the scriptures is singing the praises with the congregation of God's people, just like we do in our worship gatherings. God is good. To experience that goodness, he calls us to come into his presence through Jesus, our God, Savior, and Lord. Like David with the ark that represented God's presence, strive every day to be as near as possible to him because you know that he wants you there. He is good and will do good to you. Know that the best way to better others is to point them to him and to help them come to him as well. He is the good shepherd seeking the lost sheep, the loving father welcoming the prodigal child home, the great physician to heal our wounds, the living water to satisfy our needs. Go and rest in him. Thank you so much for listening to Stanford Christian Church today. Once again, my name is Pastor Jeremy, and we love that you listen to us here on the radio. We would also love it if you would come and join with us on Sunday mornings for our worship gathering at 10.50 a.m. We also have Sunday school right before that at 9.45 a.m. If you'd like to know more about our church, you can go to www.stanfordchristianchurch.com. There you can find out a little more information about us. You can also find previous sermons as well as midweek focus videos or audio podcasts that we put out. Uh, They're just a couple minutes long and just a way to focus us on Jesus in the middle of each week. So once again, that's www.stanfordchristianchurch.com. We do have the gathering tonight. And so if you'd like a hot meal, you can pull up in front of our church on Main Street and we'll come out, find out how many you need and come out and bring those meals out to you. That begins at 530 tonight. So we've got the gathering tonight at 530. Have a great week. Love God. Love others and tell somebody about Jesus.